Hello and welcome to another episode of Starside Chat. My name is Aaron, and with me as always is Zach. How's it going, Zach? Good. I hope that you've had a chance to at least see some Fire Emblem engage, but I'll, yes, t- I'll talk you through it. I have looked at a few videos. Because I've been playing that, mostly. But also, we've both seen The Last of Us Episode 1, so we're going to talk yes. about that. We're going to review the pilot of it, which I have a lot to say about it. Um, But first, we should get into some news before we get into the big stuff. Yeah, so Stadia is officially dead as of uh, this recording. Uh, R.A.P. Stadia. But as like a parting gift, Google was like, hey, we have this website now that you can go to where you can basically switch your controller to Bluetooth mode so that your Stadia controller can be like just a, you know, standard Bluetooth controller as opposed to like a cloud controller built designed specifically for Stadia. Um, Have you done this yet? No, I was going to. And then I realized the PC that I built actually doesn't have Bluetooth connectivity built in on the motherboard. So (laughs) I bought like a $5 Bluetooth adapter little dongle thing. Uh, It's going to get here, I think, tomorrow or Tuesday. Uh, well, so well, I'll plug that in and do it. Oh, yeah, I guess you would need it to finish the setup. But I was going to say, uh, if you have one that you have not set up Bluetooth for, you can still use it wired. You just plug it in, um, and it should work with Steam. You might mm-hmm. have to set up a profile. I did, but um, I have switched over one of my controllers. I have multiple uh, Stadia controllers. Mm-hmm. I think you have until like basically the end of the year. I think it was like I heard December 31st or whatever. Yes, that actually is a very good point. If you if you wait, if you uh, don't do this by the end of the year, that website is just going to be taken offline. Uh, and I don't know if there's going to be like a legacy utility you can download to do it. But as far as I know, they've what their uh, messaging is, is that if you don't do it by December, basically just throw your controller away (laughs) yeah you're out of luck by then well like i said you can still probably use it wired but i mean you might as well just use uh one that actually already has bluetooth enabled Mm -hmm. but but a lot of people do like the stadia controller it's a it's a good controller it's better than it's for sure better than just like the super budget when i was still living in uh cedar rapids i just one day went to a video games etc and bought like a refurbished one of those like afterglow Xbox 360 wired controllers when I was messing around with emulators a bunch back in the day, which is fine, but the build quality definitely isn't up to the level of the Stadia controller, which is much nicer to play with. So well, I'll be happy to retire that. I actually like it almost a little bit better than the Series X controller that I bought mm. to use with xbox uh game pass for pc because Mm. their dumb app will not let you use anything other than an xbox controller (laughs) but the only reason i like it better is because it has a built-in battery so i can just plug it in and charge it as opposed to oh i gotta go pick up a set of batteries and change out the batteries that's a good point yeah i really hate that about the series x controller like i like everything else about the series x controller like it probably is a better controller overall but the fact that you have to swap batteries out just really sucks but well and here's something it's not in our show notes but i'm sure you saw this week a bunch of people got their DualSense edge uh yeah. controllers there were some unboxings and that thing looks really slick 
Yeah, it, that actually does look like a pretty cool controller. It's way too expensive. Yeah, but, it's uh, crazy expensive. The the thing about the uh, DualSense controllers is that the battery life on them is not like that great, mm. um, which kind of sucks. And supposedly it's even a little bit worse on that uh, premium DualSense controller. I would imagine, yeah, because it's uh, it probably has like super nice uh, rumble motors in it and stuff. Yeah, it, I mean, it looks cool, but it's way too expensive. <laughs> and I will say still, like, my favorite controller, I think, is the Switch Pro controller. It just feels so good in the hand. I vastly prefer the DualSense to every other controller, but oh, I will really? say I do like the um, the Switch Pro controller a lot. And some of that is because it does feel good in the hand. It, it feels a little bit more compact somehow mm. than a lot of the other controllers, mm-hmm. but also... The battery life is insanely good. It's crazy how good it is. Yeah, I'll, I will just leave it on my uh, table for like weeks at a time and I'll pick it up and it'll still be good for like a two hour play session. Yeah, it lasts for ages. I don't know how they've done it, but between like comparing that and the, the dual sense, like it's night and day in terms of like just how long they last. But Talk to me about Tron, Zach. Did you like uh, Tron Legacy? I did. I saw it in theaters. I thought the soundtrack was very cool. I loved the aesthetic of it. Um, I was into it overall, and I liked the ending. It had a very happy ending that I was into. Yeah, I liked it as well. I think it's uh, an underrated movie. It, I it's. I mean, it's not like this, you know, Oscar award-winning movie or anything like that. But it's it's a pretty solid movie. That's entertaining. Yeah, but they're making another Tron movie. Uh, the one note about it that I'm not excited about is that Jared Leto is going to be in it. Yeah, I don't know how he still keeps getting work. It seems like people hate to work with him. Like it's always you always hear stories about how he's like a problem on set. But uh, I guess this is happening. So not wh- just what's that, but I'm trying to think of a movie that he was in other than Blade Runner 2049 mm-hmm. that was like actually good and that like performed well at the box office. Famously, well, I don't know about performed well at the box office, but he was in that brief scene in uh, Fight Club, which I think is one of his first roles. Well, I just mean like recently, what was the last thing that he was in that was good? Oh. Yeah, I could not tell you. I mean... <laughs> He, may, he, he, t- he, he chooses. In he's in Morbius. He's he is yeah. Doctor Morbius. He was in Morbius, which everybody is like. A, it's a meme at this point. Yeah, it is. And he was in. He was the Joker in those awful DC. The worst iteration movies. of the Joker. Yeah. So I mean, it is baffling to me that he's still thought of as like an in-demand actor, but. I don't know what they're going to do with this movie. I read a while ago, I read a long time ago, actually, that they were trying to make a new Tron movie after Tron Legacy, and it was going to be related to the internet. Like, it was going to have, like, the main deal about it was it was going to be, like, the simulation or whatever, like, the internal computer stuff was going to get hooked up to the web, and that was going to be really crazy to see, which is interesting. And I, I, I would love to see the production design that would they would come up with for that type of stuff. But I don't know. I mean, if it stars Jared Leto, I don't see like the, the Tron legacy ended so coolly because it was like, Oh, he brought this mesh, uh, like a uh, computer program into the real world. So like, what does that mean? 
Um, but maybe we're not going to get a continuation of that story. Like, I don't know if Olivia Wilde's going to be in this even. So I don't know. Yeah. I was going to say, do you think they'll get Garrett Hedlund and Olivia Wilde back? I could not have even told you that guy's name. And I have to say that's a crazy name. <laughs> it is a little bit, but Garrett Hedlund is that guy's name. Has he been in anything else? Yeah, he's been in a few things, but he like, that was not necessarily his huge break that you might've thought it would have been, but. Um, I don't even know how to say this guy's name. That's the director of this upcoming Tron movie. Yeah, I'm not even going to try it. Ronig, Ronning is his last name. <laughs> director of uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, uh, Dead Man's Tale. Oof. And uh, Maleficent. And he directed some, I, maybe all the episodes of Marco Polo or no, it looks like maybe a couple of episodes. Wow. That Netflix a lot of series. stuff I have not watched. Yeah, so I don't know if there's really all that much excitement about it, but it's another uh, Tron movie. Yeah, I if they don't get, uh, I guess they can't get Daft Punk back to. No, they split up to do the uh, soundtrack for it. So that's a little bit of a bummer. I feel like there's other people who would be great for. I mean, Daft Punk was a great fit. But I feel like there are a lot of other really cool yeah. synthwave people working in the business right now. Yeah. That they could for, definitely for sure these days that like when Tron Legacy came out, there probably wasn't. But nowadays, yeah, yeah there's an infinite number <laughs> that you could choose from. I'll check this. I mean, I guess I, we don't know anything about it. And who's to say there's even a script right now? But uh, I love I have to say I love the aesthetic of yeah. Tron Legacy and the original Tron for sure. Um. So if they can do a good job, at least with the aesthetic, it's at least something that I would watch on mute in the background. <laughs> yeah, I definitely I will watch it when it comes out, but not if they force me to subscribe to uh, Disney Plus in order to watch it. It seems like a lot of companies these days are laying off a bunch of people, Zach. It does seem that way. Um, now, I saw this news about Microsoft cutting 10,000 jobs earlier this last week. And it didn't even occur to me that some of those people would be from their like gaming division from like yeah, Xbox is and Bethesda and, until I started seeing Jason Schreier tweet about it. And I was like, Oh um, yeah, that, I don't know why I didn't think of that, but people from the Starfield team were, yeah, affected. people from Bethesda game studios and three, four, three interactive, the, the developers of halo infinite were the ones that seem to have gotten hit the hardest from yeah. this. Um, such that everybody's really questioning like the future of halo and like what's going to happen there. Or if the deal with, uh, Activision goes through, are they just going to give like the call of duty developers a, a halo game and be like, Hey, we sort of gutted, Three four three. So, could you please make us a, a Halo? Not great. But, Not a great look. Yeah, and I think the like lead of that team was like moved around somewhere within Xbox, so he didn't get laid off, but he's now somewhere else. And I think a lot of it, like, uh, just as this news came out, you saw a lot of people sort of talk about how halo infinite like their online multiplayer that was like free to play is has just like really stagnated where it's yeah. been out for like over a year now and they're maybe only in season two still of yeah. that so they've just not really done much with it and so it's 
uh, I feel like it really sucks to be a Halo fan right now. It's bad to, I mean, also the TV show was apparently not great at all. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's kind of a slap in the face. Is we'll talk about this in a, a little bit towards the end of the podcast, but uh, it seems like they're doing the right thing with Last of Us as opposed to, I see a lot of memes of people being like, uh, you know, Halo fans watching the Last of Us show, wishing that that was what happened with the Halo show, which who's to say we're even going to get a second season of that? I don't know if it's been renewed or not, but I only heard negative things about yeah, it. I, I never heard anything good about that show. So, um, Yeah, it seems like maybe Sony's doing a better job with their movie adapt or movie TV show adaptations uh, on top of the fact that their games are seem to be doing better um i I don't know if it's something you want to like question game pass like is it really as financially viable as they claim it is i I, it's a good i mean i it almost seems like microsoft doesn't really want to be in the game business like they have they own xbox and they're sort of like well we're doing this and it's like somewhat of a a good profit but i mean microsoft does so many other things like they're so deep into enterprise, like the game division is just like just a small facet, I think, of their overall profit. Yeah. That it's probably just like a couple people in suits being like, well, uh, let's try this, I guess. Um, and it not working. <laughs> well, and they also uh, Jason Schreier brought this up in his tweets when he was talking about uh, the job cuts. But he said that this comes almost exactly a year after Microsoft announced their plans to purchase Activision Blizzard mm. for $69 billion. And yeah. obviously like that's just been a major headache for them ever since because they've been like, you know, going to court to fight uh, to make the thing happen and it hasn't gone through yet. So I wonder how much of that's just been a huge drain on them financially. Not great. It's uh, not a good situation. Acquisitions, it seems like, should not happen. <laughs> well, and I, I thought about that, but like in the case of something like Ubisoft that said they were struggling this last week, um, where we talked about how you know Mario and Rabbins wasn't as successful for them as they thought it would be. Um, to an extent, that's a little bit on them because. I think I saw somewhere where they're like, I don't know what you're talking about. The sales of it were fine. It's just, mm-hmm. it was their premier fall game release because they didn't have an Assassin's Creed. And like, it was mm. never going to sell as well as you would maybe expect an Assassin's Creed to. Yeah, that's a good um, point. So I, I question their, that thing that they sent out about how they were struggling sales wise uh, just a little bit based on that. But, like, say they are struggling. What if Nintendo swoops in and buys the studio that made the Mario and Rabbids games and is like, well, now you're first party Nintendo and let's have you make uh, like a Zelda tactics game, but obviously separate from the Rabbids because that belongs to Ubisoft. So now we right. just have you as a studio that can make um, like nintendo franchise tactics games would that be the end of assassin's creed though because i mean modern day assassin's creed games aren't going to run on the switch well and i wonder is that the same studio or is that a different studio because then you could have like 
I don't know how many studios there are within Ubisoft. Maybe that's there's a to couple at least. Check, they span the globe. Maybe they just buy like a portion of the team or whatever to, or the rights to like the Mario Rabbids stuff and the because it. I do like that game a lot, but also it's like kind of the closest thing to like Super Mario RPG that they have going right now. Yeah. Um, and I would love it if they sort of bought them or like, hey, why don't you start making a Super Mario RPG style thing? Since Paper Mario is like no longer that thing, it would be nice to actually have it. But and then maybe Sony steps in and like buys uh, Assassin's Creed. <laughs> <laughs> I saw an article on The Verge, which admittedly I did not read, but uh, I read the headline to it. And it was this guy's theory about how like platforms have this cycle they go through where like first they're good for the users, then they abuse the users and uh, make things better for their business customers. Then they abuse the business customers to sort of like claw back all the value for themselves and then they die. Uh, and that's happening kind of with like Twitter and some kind of with like Amazon where Amazon is really good for users, but now it's getting less so. Like it's pushing all this stuff that's like better for the people they've partnered with. And then they're kind of going to claw it all back and then they probably won't die. But it seems like Microsoft is kind of falling into this where like Game Pass was great. And so they're making stuff really great for us as consumers. But now they're, I think, making things bad for their business customers in order to just like maximize profits for themselves, where now like they're not making anybody happy. Uh, and it seems like a bad situation. Like, is that what you think Game Pass is? It's like bad for their business partners, but it's like good for I them. think it's bad for their business partners, but good for their users because I think definitely there are some, well, I mean, Admittedly, like Pentiment is a thing that should have been on Game Pass and like probably wouldn't have been. We've talked about this, but it like wouldn't have been seen by such a large audience if it was like, you know, a, a $30 Steam game or something. Yeah. Um, but there are some other things where they probably would have been like they could, you know, I guess I don't know the business model. They don't really say how much someone gets for putting your game on Game Pass, but I'm sure it's some sort of sliding scale. But I don't know. I think they're at the end of the day, Microsoft is just trying to maximize profits by, you know, putting their thumb a little bit on their uh, business partners where it's like, well, you know, Bethesda, you're doing great for us and Starfield's going to be really great. But like uh, you need to cut like 50 jobs and <laughs> you're pretty much almost done. So it's not gonna be that big of a deal. Right. And then you'll put this game out and it'll be really good for us. But like they're not really doing Bethesda any favors and it's probably uh making them mad I kind of wonder how much this had to do with the fact that they've bought so many studios yeah they went on a crazy buying spree they've not produced any games yet like they're still working on them and delaying them and it's just like they've not they still haven't seen any profit from that those purchases and then so they've spent a ton of money over the last several years and they have almost nothing to show for it like very soon that situation you would expect to change but like for now it's just it's all loss at this point yeah that's true until you start releasing them and start seeing some of those profits roll in but um yeah it's a weird console generation just because of that 
I mean, specifically, like, that's weird, but also it's still, you still don't really see consoles out in the wild. Like, this is a generation where I would guess a majority of people haven't actually played a PS5 or an Xbox Series X yet, just because you a little bit had to be on the ball and actually super want one instead of just, like, uh, impulse buying one at Best Buy when you were, like, walking around waiting for, you know, your dog to get done at the vet or something. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how much of that situation has changed recently because I've not been shopping for one, but true. I still haven't um, gone to Best Buy to see if they're actually around, but I will report that I have not seen any at Target recently. Also, the last time I was at Best Buy, it the like video game section was like fairly slim pickings. Like I was yeah. a little surprised at how much they've almost like scaled down that section of the store. It seems yeah, it's like all there's digital not now. much there, uh, which kind of sucks, but. Uh, we can sort of move to the next part of this because there's more to Xbox. Uh, fortunately, it, it gets better for Xbox. <laughs> they are finally going to have a developer direct coming up this this week as we're uh, putting this episode out. On the 25th, the uh, Xbox developer direct is happening. And uh, I forget all the games that they were going to show. I know Redfall is one of them and ESO was another. Yeah, it was a bunch of stuff that like Redfall is the only one I really cared about. Uh, Minecraft Legends was another one they were going to show stuff about, which I don't really care about. <laughs> yeah, there. so Elder Scrolls Online, Forza Motorsport, Minecraft Legends and Redfall is what they're showing uh, on the 25th. And... I am excited to see the next expansion for ESO. I think that will probably get me to jump back into that game. It will be a, like that'll be when like the death of Stadia finally hits me when I yeah. realize I have to re-download that giant <laughs> file onto my computer in order to start playing that again. We talked about this last week, but they right out the bat were like, uh, here's all the stuff we're showing. We're not showing Starfield at this, just FYI. Starfield's not going to be at this because it deserves its own, which they have not revealed a release date for yet. Yeah, but they are teasing that a reveal for the release date is going to happen very soon. Imminently. So, I mean, who knows what to make of that? Like, will does very soon mean, like, next week after the first direct they're going to have another one where they show just starfield because we do know that they're planning to do an event specifically for starfield and i assume that's when the announcement will be but yeah uh hopefully that's also when they're like hey and pre-orders for the collector's edition are up now mm, yes you have to be very fast on that i'm assuming <laughs> <laughs> gotta get that watch and uh so yeah another one i don't I don't think this is related, but there's like uh, the Steam World franchise developer is going to unveil its next game on Monday. So this episode oh. will be going up on Monday and they are planning to then announce that game on Monday. So we, we don't know what it is yet, but that announcement is coming soon. Uh, did you play the Steam World games at all? No, I haven't played any of them. I remember you talking about how good they were. Each of them is like very different, right? Well, yeah, so they have like SteamWorld Dig, which is like sort of their Metroidvania style one where you can dig around and uh, you're getting different abilities. And I played, I did not play the first one. I played SteamWorld Dig 2, which is very good. 
And then they have ones like one of them is like a turn-based RPG called yeah. uh, SteamWorld Quest. And then they have a couple of other ones that I don't even remember. And I thought the the rumor was that it was going to be more of like a third-person action game. Mm. Maybe I'm misremembering that, but I'll be excited to see. What's this game's workshop story? I have a story to tell you. So this happened to me yesterday as we're recording this. Last week, I talked a lot about that Dungeons and Dragons thing that was going on. I feel like I didn't super explain it well. Um, But the end result of that is that it's maybe going to become not great to play Dungeons and Dragons in the near future if they keep going down that path. There were some updates to that story, which I'm not going to explain because I believe I would do it poorly. So if you're interested at all in this, I would just like Google it. And there's way more informed people that will tell you about it. But because of that, I was like, oh, man, I wonder... I think I talked a little bit about this last week, but uh, Pathfinder 2nd uh, Edition has been out for a while, and it's like a pretty interesting alternative to Dungeons & Dragons that's different in a lot of ways, but similar in a lot of ways. Um, supposedly, it's like much more uh, enriching, or like there, it's, a lo- it's a lot... You build your character in like a much more integrated way, like level to level, you're doing stuff. But... I started reading, uh, like I found like a PDF of it online that I was perusing, and I was like, you know what, I'm thinking I'm going to pick this book up. I'm going to pick up the core rule book for uh, Pathfinder 2nd Edition. Um, it'll be cool. I'll like read it, and maybe I'll be like, maybe I'll use it for something. So I googled RPG store near me. Games Workshop came up. Uh, I was like, okay, great. I saw some screenshots of it. It seemed like a regular RPG store. So we drove out there yesterday, walked in. And a man approached me. I was like, hey, how can I, how can I help you? An affable guy. His name tag was on Upside Down, <laughs> probably intentionally. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, hey, I'm, I'm looking for Pathfinder stuff. And he was like, oh, this is a games workshop. We only have Warhammer stuff. And I was like, oh, uh, okay. <laughs> and so I left. <laughs> um, and I was like, man, that's really crazy. Uh, a store entirely devoted to Warcraft. They don't sell any other RPG things. Crazy that that exists. Then yeah. I was telling one of my other friends about this and I was like, isn't that crazy? And he Googled it. Games Workshop is the company that makes Warcraft. They've fully vertically integrated and if you play Warcraft, you can go to a Games Workshop and just Warhammer like... Warhammer or Warcraft? Or Warhammer, yeah. I'm sorry, Warhammer. Um... But it's fully like that's the that's the company that makes Warhammer, and also there's like ten upwards of ten games workshops workshops in the Chicagoland area, and as far as I can tell, they only sell Warhammer stuff because that is the company that makes Warhammer. Isn't that crazy? That is pretty crazy. Yeah, that would be <laughs> like if you could just go to a Wizards of the Coast shop and they only sold Dungeons and Dragons stuff, or like if you went to a Magic the Gathering shop. If there were, if you Googled Magic the Gathering store and there were 10 Magic the Gathering stores in the Chicagoland area and they only sold Magic the Gathering stuff, that doesn't seem like it should exist, but it, I'm saying it does for Warhammer. Do you think like the highest concentration of like Warhammer fans are in the Chicago area? I don't know. It's, it's so crazy to me. It's, I didn't expect Games Workshop to be the same company that like I would, I would make, it would make sense to me if it was like, at first I was like, Oh, this is just like a weird store owned by a guy who loves Warhammer. And so like he only stocks Warhammer stuff. This is a terrible business model. But in (laughs) fact, 
I think this is like, I mean, I guess you can get online orders of stuff, but uh, I think this might be the only place. I don't know if you can buy Warhammer stuff at other stores. I would assume that other RPG stores, you can buy Warhammer stuff. So like, yeah. why does this need to exist? Is this like a place? It's, is this like a store? Highly specialized. <laughs> it's like if you walked into a store and they just sold peanut butter and it's like, I, okay, I, I mean. Welcome to the peanut butter store. I, I like peanut butter, but like you're paying rent on this building. What's going on? Are your sales well enough that you can like support and sustain this business model? It was just, it blew my mind. Uh, and I ended up not being able to get my Pathfinder stuff because of that. That's a shame. I ended up ordering it on Amazon, so it's all good, but, uh, very weird. Uh, I just thrown out there. It's just a weird thing (laughs) that I saw. Well, let's get into it. So the game, the big game that's out this week is Fire Emblem Engage, and I've started it. Uh, you're not a Fire Emblem guy, but you will have to suffer through me talking about it. I, I'm eager to hear it. Okay. Well, I so I did get the collector's edition, which was very cool. Well, it came with a steelbook case and like some art cards and a poster and everything. And the one thing it didn't come with that I wish it did come with was like character profiles for like the uh engage warriors that are the uh emblems that you uh get throughout the game that would have been mm. nice because it's sort of a return to form a little bit in terms of the combat uh fire emblem three houses which was the one before this which was very good and i, I liked it a lot was a little bit more built around like the story and the characters and like this monastery that you're at and there's sort of a lot of uh um, life sim stuff happening there and they a little bit downplayed i i don't know if they necessarily removed it entirely but they sort of uh downplayed the weapon triangle the whole uh, rock paper scissors aspect of the game Mm. where it's like and you know swords beat axes axes beat spears and spears beat swords and then you have like other things where like uh you know, bow wielders are strong against flying enemies and magic uh, units are good against like heavily armored enemies. And so there, there is sort of a, like there's a counter to just about every character there. They brought that back in a big way for engage and even sort of refined it a little bit where if you're careful about your, positioning and who you sort of do your matchups with like say you send a a sword character to attack uh, an axe wielding character you'll get uh you'll sort of break their stance so they they can't counter uh because in each uh sort of encounter if you attack someone they'll get a chance to attack back unless you are like a ranged character and you're out of their range or if you are able to break their stance because you effectively used the weapon triangle. Um, so there's that, but then they also have the emblem warriors, which is um, sort of a smart thing that they did because of the fact that like three houses brought so many people into fire emblem for the first time, uh, not just because it was on the switch, um, but also it was just, really good and got really good word of mouth and so they fire emblem engage brings a bunch of uh the main characters of past fire emblem games back and sort of introduces like 
a new audience to them, but also like if you are a longtime fan of Fire Emblem uh, games, then you get to sort of re-experience having those characters in the game, which is cool. Uh, And it's a little bit like uh, you have these rings. The joke is that it's uh, Fire Emblem Rings of Power (laughs) because it's a little like uh, Lord of the Rings where you have these different rings that you use to sort of summon uh, a hero of the past, basically, and they help you fight and they're all from like previous fire emblem games but uh they're not necessarily enough to go around for your entire party so you can also make these bond rings that give uh just different stat boosts like maybe you make one that's like um plus two health and plus two speed or something like that and so you can kind of give all of your characters a ring of some sort um to get some sort of stat bonus and the bond rings that you make are sort of tied to like not in the same way where like you'll see the character almost like a ghostly apparition with you as you fight mm-hmm. but when you look at the the ring in the menu you do see like a character who you'd probably remember from a past fire emblem game if you played them so i'm kind of excited to get to the point where i unlock the uh emblem ring for uh Byleth, the main character from three houses because that was my first fire emblem game uh but also i did pay for the uh expansion pass so like i'll get whatever the dlc is once that comes out but also as like a starter you also get access to like this emblem bracelet that has like the three leads from the three different houses from fire emblem three houses and they sort of uh all work together um for whoever has that equipped and you'll get like one of them at random when you uh use the engage mechanic and uh yeah it's very fun i really like the the combat in these fire emblem games it's like not so complicated where it's like some tactics games where it's like oh you have to be really careful about your positioning because enemies will can hit you in the back and so you have to be careful about which way you're each character is facing like that's a little bit too much for me i have a question yeah are there romance options i don't know yet in this one there was in three houses i am i suspect there will be but i don't know that for sure yet because there is like relationship building and you can sort of build like friendship sort of with all the characters and they're they'll start at like level c and it goes up to b and a but i don't know yet if there's like romantic relationships or not yeah so that's something i guess i'll find out but yeah so they they definitely kind of scaled back on some of the like uh life sim and relationship building stuff for this game uh i think one of the criticisms of three houses that didn't bother me but it was uh, a little bit of a criticism was that um, when you went back to the monastery which is sort of like the hub area there was always a lot of like you had to go around and talk to everybody and there was sort of a lot of different little life sim things to do and Mm. some people thought that that was uh, too much or a little tedious or whatever and so this game that you can tell they definitely scaled back on that stuff. And so it's a little bit more combat focused this time around, but 
I don't know. I'm really liking it. I think visually it's a, a huge upgrade over uh, three houses. Hmm. Um, just I think the animations look better. The character models look better. And yeah, it's very bright and colorful. I like it. Do you want to put it in it. the game of the year watch category yet? Well, so if you're you've been following along with that and the show, uh, the only thing we have in there right now is Vengeful Guardian Moonrider, which neither of us have played. So. True. <laughs> so let's throw it in there at number one. I'm pretty comfortable oh with God. it being there. I Whoa. think I think it's a strong start to a year that is going to be a very strong year for big True. game releases. I'm doing it right now. I'm putting it at number one. Wow. Momentous. Yeah, I'm loving it so far, so I don't know where it's going to stand at the end of the year. But it's also like, it's a January game, so it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough to... Recency bias. Yeah, once some of those other games come out later in the year. Well, should we talk about Last of Us, the pilot episode? What did you think of it? Uh, I liked it. I didn't love the actress that plays Ellie. Yeah, I agree with that. Maybe she'll grow into it or something, but I mean, granted, I don't know. She's I just think, she's supposed to be like prickly at the start anyway. Yeah, that's true. But I don't know. I didn't find her likable. But uh, everything else about it, I I I'm gonna continue to watch this. But I have to say, for firstly, firstly, uh, I don't think it's gonna be the full first game in this first season. I think they're gonna cut it in half. I think it's going to end with winter, and then once they get out of that situation, it will be the like that'll be the finale is like the getting out of that crazy situation. I thought I had heard that it was supposed to be the whole first game, and then the second really? season would be the second game. But I guess I don't know for sure. That's crazy to me because I feel like it would make sense to. I guess I don't. I, we don't know how far along Last of Us Part Three is, but I would assume it's at least in some stage of being developed. Um, but I mean, I would think they would want the game to come out before the show, the third season of the show, but I don't know, I guess. Yeah. I mean, it could be one of those things where like Neil Druckmann knows what's going to happen, but he hasn't gotten around to making it. And it it becomes like a a new game of Thrones thing where the show surpasses the the books and it could also be like notes from the creator. I mean, Westworld uh, which was trouble in its later seasons, but Westworld, like it took like a couple of years in between Westworld seasons, partly because of the pandemic. But um, she does have to age into being an older Ellie if they stick with the same actress. So I could see them taking a, like a while to make season two of this, and that gives them some runway to get that third game out there. And then after we don't know like where we're going to pick up in the third game. Um, it could be that she's like fully grown woman at that point, or even an old lady. We don't know. Um, but, uh, I don't know. It's interesting if they do make the whole first season be the whole first game and then they make the whole second season, but the whole second game that's, uh, I don't know. I guess, I guess I'm, I don't know. The reason I brought that up is because I, the first episode I think of the second season is not going to be something I want to watch. Because that first, the second game starts with some like really upsetting stuff that is like a real bummer to experience, and I I don't super want to experience it again. 
Um, so if they can like pinpoint where that is and I can figure out and I can just skip that episode, I might be okay. But like, man, the first, the, the first part of the game is rough for me to watch. Um, so it's interesting. I did also, I mean, this maybe supports your theory is I saw a tweet about how, uh, they may have, people are speculating they may have found their Abby character, uh, for the second season. Uh, and if that's the case, that's great, I guess, but. I don't know. I feel like it has to take longer because I we haven't we don't even know. I'm just speculating that Last of Us Part Three is in the works, but uh, you got to imagine it is. The way they left the second one, you got to imagine they're going to close it out with a a banger third one. Um, and you got to imagine you, they want the the game to come out before the show. But I guess I mean I don't know. I mean, overall, the first episode is pretty much like very nearly like shot for shot line yeah. for line like True. the intro of the first game yeah there's some crazy you can go on youtube and see like uh side by sides where it's like they really they, they did a great job of like capturing what was going on in the game um and like the tone and stuff and pedro pascal is great he's great in the mandalorian he's great in this he's he seems like a cool guy well supposedly they're it's not going to always be like that. There is some stuff that's going to be different later mm. on, they said, but I don't know. I overall, I don't love the whole like post-apocalyptic like zombie thing. I do think yeah. it's interesting the way they've gone about it as opposed to like, Oh, like this is just a weird flu where people turn into zombies. Um, it's like built around, Oh, this is like fungus and, uh, there's like no cure and no, um, no way to treat it or whatever. I did like and the first part where they were like, it was that thing in like the sixties where there, uh, there was a scientist played by that cool guy from, uh, the mummy mm-hmm. where he was like, uh, you know, what if it gets a little hotter? And then like, it made it believable, which I thought was cool. They don't really go into that in the game. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think they set it up a little bit better than even the game did, but well, and it's different in the game as well, because they've said there's not going to be spores in this game. I don't know if you've read these articles, but people are speculating that it initially gets uh, spread through grains, because there's a bunch of uh, parts in the first episode where they nearly miss eating some sort of grain. Like, he doesn't have the pancake mix, yeah, and those people offer him biscuits, and he's like, no, I'm on Atkins. But they yeah, are they're feeding basically biscuits to that eating- little like a keto, like low carb diet. And because of that, they're, they are able to avoid the, the spores or whatever. You've got the right idea, Zach. You're going to survive. I'm just telling you when this inevitably does come true, I will, I will be one of the survivors. (laughs) Great to see, uh, Anna Torv from fringe. I love fringe. Uh, cool to see her in a show. It seems like I haven't seen her since fringe happened. Um, Fringe is a great show that I used to watch, but, um, I liked her character, uh, Pedro Pascal, very believable. I will, I agree with you that the girl that they got to play Ellie is the weakest link and maybe she will like grow into it, but I just think she's like too, I think that prickly is the right word that you use. She's like too, like, uh, not, she is a little bit annoying, but she's like really playing into the, like, I don't need this to be happening to me type of thing. Yeah, which I guess was in the game, but I don't know. Um, I, I feel like somehow they pulled it off where she like was prickly, but she was also not dislikable in the game. Yeah. But in this, I, I I think they didn't pull it off. Where I wonder if they went too young is the likable. problem. 
Yeah, that's she has like a very young looking face. Yeah. Bella Ramsey, who was like she was great in a small role in Game of Thrones. She's like this really young person who's like has inherited the throne of like or not the, necessarily the throne, but like uh, like the leader of some house and, you know, one of the lands in Westeros. And she's like making all these really tough decisions, but she's also like for being so young she's like also like super strong in terms of like her uh command of like her people and all of that and so it's yeah. like this this sort of funny oddball uh thing where you don't expect to see it for for such a young person but she's like oddly stronger than a lot of the other people who are in mm-hmm. command of their houses and so it's it's kind of comical almost and so they took that actress and tried to you know, they give her this is sort of her big role, I guess. But I don't know. I'm kind of not liking her in the role. <laughs> I liked his original daughter. I thought she was a great actress. Yeah. Oh, and did you know, uh, like I looked at her, I was like, she looks so much like the actress from Westworld, Tandy Newton. And yeah. I looked her up. She's Tandy Newton's daughter. She well, I didn't realize that, and then I was watching the like post uh, episode thing on HBO, where like they're like thinking of the episode, and there's like talking heads, and she was like fully a British person, and I was like, that's weird. Uh, she's great American accent, and that's what made me look her up and be like, oh, uh, she's from. That's why she looks like the girl from Westworld. Yeah, <laughs> and she was uh, birthed by her. So she like they they also talked about it in that post show thing like making of documentary about how it was important for that uh actress to like be immediately likable mm. and which she was so that it'll be like a real bummer when she dies because you almost think oh this could be like the main character and i'd be okay with it and yeah i mean I for those people like- who didn't play the game uh, like for like people who are just like, I'll oh, check this show out that who maybe don't even know about the game. It was probably a big shock to them. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little bit like not quite to the same extent, but a little bit like in Hitchcock's uh, psycho where you follow this mm. girl and you think, Oh, this is the main character. And then she dies like a half hour in and you're like, <laughs> Oh, I thought that was the main character. Now I don't know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's sort of the thing they were going for with both the game and uh, this TV show, but I I do think that that actress was much more likable than. <laughs> but it is, I guess, it's a different role. One is supposed to yeah. be likable, and the other one's supposed to at least start off kind of prickly. So yeah, maybe. I mean, we'll see. I mean, uh, as we're recording this, the second episode is going to come out tonight, so I'll check it out and see. But yeah, overall, I would say a good pilot. I mean, it was like an hour and. 25 minutes or something it was long um but i didn't feel bored at all ever ever. and it was also it was always crazy to me how similar to the game it was like when they made their escape or whatever and it was nighttime and they're going through those like pipes and stuff outside of the wall i was talking to my girlfriend i was like oh it was raining in the game when this happened but it's very similar and then it started raining and i was like man this is exactly like the game (laughs) yeah that i think that was the thing that kept me like invested in it i was just like just to see how similar it was going to be to what i remember from the game i don't know like i am not in love with the whole post-apocalypse zombie thing so i don't know how much i'm gonna 
like stick with it, but I did find it interesting to like watch it and sort of think about the game. And I do think it was well done. So was horizon forbidden West. Well done, Zach. It was. Yeah. So I finally rolled credits on that. It was my goal to finish it before, uh, fire emblem engage came out and I did pull that off and it was great. There's more I could do. I didn't like do all the side quests and everything, but um, it like the you know how in like God of War, there's like a credit sequence where you're like walking around or whatever, and you're like, oh, this is just how they're gonna do credits. That's cool. And then mm-hmm. they eventually go to like an actual credit sequence. Yeah. Um, they did sort of the same thing with uh, Forbidden West, where like at the end of the game. Uh, Aloy is just like flying around on one of those uh, sun wings and she like starts at like an early game area and she just like flies all around the map going from like different set piece to different set piece that you've seen from different uh, points in the game and it's a little like oh remember when you were here or whatever Mm -hmm. as like the credits are sort of like fading in and out or whatever and I just like sat mesmerized and watched the entire thing. <laughs> and uh, it was great. I, I don't I feel like I don't necessarily watch all credit sequences, but I really yeah. enjoyed that one. And uh, I definitely it's set up for a third game for sure, the way this one ends. And uh, it'll be very interesting to see uh, how they move forward with it. And if it's one of those things where like this will wrap it up and it'll be just a trilogy or if it's like, no, this is just like an ongoing franchise that mm. will never end. I don't know mm-hmm. what the case may be, but um, yeah, it was, it was a cool ending to a game. I'll say that much. Well, should and that? Well, I guess that didn't that didn't come out in 2023. What's up? I was going to oh, say, should no, we add no. it to our game of the year? But it no, that yeah. came out last year. I feel pretty solid about where I had it on my top 10 list uh, last year. Yeah. I think it was four behind uh, Elden Ring and God of War Ragnarok and Grime. Right. Um, I feel pretty good about it being number four. I think it was great. Uh, very fun. Very polished game. Looked incredible. Oh, the one funny thing that was like a sign of it not being polished for like the first time in the entire game was like uh, towards the end, there's like a sequence where you're like storming this base and you have like a bunch of your, you have your entire crew that you've sort of built up uh, throughout the game as you've been like adding uh, friends uh, to your sort of hub area to help you out with stuff. And you sort of are storming this base and you're supposed to be, with like one of your friends uh, and he is supposed to be like helping you out. And like, you can kind of see some of your other friends just like off in the distance, also like battling it out and pushing forward. Mm. But like, it's you and your friend there. And (laughs) I guess he like went down and I was maybe supposed to go revive him or something, but I like (laughs) didn't see him. And so I pushed forward and uh, didn't realize it. And so like every new checkpoint I got, he would like, be laying there on the ground (laughs) but i couldn't interact with him to like revive him but he would be like talking to me the whole time and he was just like laying there and couldn't get up and uh so it was very funny uh (laughs) it was a bummer not to have his backup because i'm sure it would have helped a lot but Mm -hmm. um it was very funny to me to just see him laying there (laughs) (laughs) uh but yeah otherwise very good very polished game 
looks incredible on uh, 4K HDR. Oh yeah, screen, I'm sure. So, um, and I don't know. There's going to be a DLC this year uh, oh, that yeah. I may play. I don't know. I it was one of those things where I finished it and I was like, man, should I go back in and do other side stuff? Because I was like, it's a little bit of a bummer that it's over now. I guess. But, yeah. Did you ever go back and do any of the God of War side stuff? I did some of it. I did jump back in and do like I, I did more of the berserker fights and close some of the rifts and stuff like that. Uh, but I didn't do all of it. I, I definitely didn't go to that one place where like all the challenge levels are. Oh yeah, Muspelheim. Yeah, that's a game I've thought about going back to to doing more of, but I have not. Well. Speaking about going back, I've been watching Trigun Stampede. When did that come out? I think the first episode was three weeks ago. Um, and the fourth episode came out yesterday, I want to say. This is like bringing back Trigun in a new way? Yeah. So the original Trigun came out way back in the day. I watched it on Adult Swim very early. It was like, I think it was in the part of the original programming block of Adult Swim. It was like, I want to say like the Brack Show, uh, another, like maybe Aqua Teen Hunger Force, Cowboy Bebop, Trigun, uh, some mech show. I don't remember, but it was like, it's very early on Adult Swim. And I loved it. It was a, a great. Uh, for a long time, I would say it was probably one of my favorite animes, but this is a new iteration of it, um, a, new, a retelling of the story in a radically different way, and it's also has a very controversial animation style because they've they've gone full CG, which I think I've talked about previously on the podcast. I don't super enjoy CGI stuff in uh, anime, but they're doing it, and I decided to give it a shot. It's very weird, but I'm watching it. I don't know if I would recommend it yet. Uh, but it's like a it's all it's weird. Did you ever watch Trigun back in the day? I didn't. No, that's one of the ones I missed. The original's great, and I loved it. Uh, a lot of cool things about it. And this one is uh, it's telling the story in a very different way, but it's telling the same story. Uh, a couple of characters have gotten replaced, but I don't know. It's uh. I don't know what to think about it yet, but I'll keep watching <laughs> it and report back on it. I will say I finished the Mob Psycho 100 season three, and that was a masterpiece. Like all three of those seasons are amazing, but this one ends in like a really, really cool way. And I, I would say they don't even have to make more of them. I don't know if that got, is going to have a, thir- a fourth season, but uh, a great show overall. I loved every episode of every season. Um, but I can't say the same for Trigon Stampede yet. I will say parts of the first and second and third episodes were cool to me, but I haven't decided if I actually like the way they're telling a story with the animation as well as just like the narrative. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm looking at a trailer or like a sneak peek video on YouTube right now, and it, it is weird. It's weird. It yeah. is weird. And then the other thing I was going to talk about briefly, I talked about this previously when I was talking about Games Workshop, but I, uh, I've been checking out Pathfinder 2nd Edition, and it's cool. And the thing that made me like decide to get the core rule, uh, core rule set book, rule book set, is uh, you can go, if you Google like Pathfinder 2E Character Builder, there is a nice little website that someone has created, and it helps you to build your character out. And the cool thing, as opposed to Dungeons & Dragons, where like, 
you get like you kind of the first and second maybe in third levels you're just like a base like barbarian or like a, a wizard or something and then by like the second or third level you pick like your subset and then like maybe at fifth or sixth level you get an additional thing and then maybe at 10th level you get something they kind of space it out every single time you level up in pathfinder second edition you're getting a cool thing that you can pick from to further customize your character and there's this cool website if you again if you google just like pathfinder 2e character builder it had you have access to every like every ancestry every job class or whatever every background from all the uh, supplementals because paizo is really good about making that stuff free and easy to use uh, and it helps you to build your character out and then every level you can scroll down and pick the things that you want to customize about your character and then you just set the level of your character sheet and then you can export it which is really cool and i was like man this is really easy to use um and that's what made me sort of like start of like really sort of deep diving into it and that's why i got the book so if you're at all interested if you're maybe like souring on dungeons and dragons because of all the weird legal stuff that's happened lately or if you're just looking for like a fresh thing to check out check check out that character builder because it's really interesting uh and you can see like how customizable a character can be level to level it makes it really really fun i think to level up as opposed to dungeons and dragons where you just like roll your health pool or whatever and like sometimes you get to pick a new feat out of like three feats or whatever um but yeah very cool and i'm excited for more people to check it out i think awesome uh i i'm trying to check on something i was hoping i would pull it up before you were done talking <laughs> <laughs> i'm trying to look at what is coming up next on the schedule so now i know you're excited about first spoken <laughs> yes i gotta see it man i saw a clip of it right before we started recording where i mean i can't really repeat a lot of it because she was cursing so much but <laughs> Man, they really made a choice with that dialogue, and it is not yeah. great. They've made a very bold choice uh, with that game. I don't know that it's going to pay off for them. I saw, actually, uh, that Wario64 guy that tweets all the deals and everything tweeted, yeah. uh, the Forspoken Collector's Edition is like up for sale right now, and like all the responses were like, eh, I'll wait <laughs> until it goes on sale for like 30 or 40 bucks and maybe i'll give it a shot <laughs> and uh or or they just had that meme of uh braveheart going hold you know, i think if you could play it if you can switch the audio to like japanese or something i think that actually is going to improve the game significantly you might, yeah, maybe go on Play Asia and see if there's like a Japanese version of. I think the it. Game I mean, probably it up. has accessibility options. I would bet you can play it in like French or. I mean, I I think a lot of games these days you can select what language you want to play it from and also have like English subtitles. Yeah, that could be. Uh, so it'll be it'll be interesting to see the reaction to that game once it comes out. I'm definitely not going to play it myself, but I may watch some people play it. Uh, but that comes out on Tuesday as this episode's coming up. Oh, wow. I didn't and, know it was that soon. Yeah, it's very, very soon. And then Hitman World of Assassination comes out on uh, Thursday. And then it's the Dead Space remake. Whoa. So some big, sort of big games coming out uh, here in January. Just before February explodes. 
Um, I know you're looking forward to Blank. You remember that game? I think it'll no. be a co-op game. It's the one that's like black and white, and there's like two animals running around being pals. Uh, Blank is what it's called? B-L-A-N-C. Oh, Blanc. Yeah, that's what I said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do I remember this? Oh, yeah, with the little uh, fawn and like the little dog. I would play this. Yeah, I, I totally forgot about this game. That's coming up on February 14th. Ah, that's uh, Valentine's um, Day. Yeah. And there's, uh, let's see, what else is coming up? Atomic Heart, that's one we'll probably both play. Yes, that is one I'm going to check out. If that's on Game Pass, that's going to be the thing that gets me to actually subscribe to Game Pass, and I'll start playing it. I think it is coming to Game Pass. Yeah, uh, so I, I definitely am going to check that out. Let me double check here, but I'm pretty sure that is coming to Game that Pass. That one I bet is one we will put, unless there's like crazy technical problems with it, or there's like a weird gameplay thing that we're not into, I bet that's one that's going to be in our Game of the Year watch. Yeah, for sure that one will probably get added there. And then, I mean, same day as Atomic Heart on February 21st is Like a Dragon Ishin, which I'm Ooh, very excited about. Difficult for you, yeah. You yeah, pick. it's going to be a tough choice there. And neither of us are going to jump back into Destiny 2 for Lightfall, probably. Yeah, unfortunately, I think that's the book is closed on that for us. Even right, though it does just, seem cool. It does seem cool. It seems like one of the coolest uh, updates they've had in quite yeah. some time. Unfortunately, it's, it's too little too late. Okay, coming to Game Pass. Yes, you can even pre-install Atomic Heart right now. Ooh. That's very interesting to me. Um, so yeah, a lot of cool stuff coming up here in the next like month or so that's going to help fill out our little uh, game of the year watch that we're doing. We still don't have an, uh, an official name for it. Yeah, I have not put any brain power into thinking of a name for it, but I will come <laughs> up with a pun eventually. All right. Well, do you have any parting wisdom? Um, my parting wisdom is hmm i never really think uh well i'll say pathfinder second edition i'll roll that into what i my recommendation for you my parting wisdom is check out the character builder for pathfinder second edition and see if it piques your fancy and if so then uh a lot of the rule books or a lot of the rules are available free online if you just google pathfinder second edition rules uh easy to find if you're not looking to spend money at the offset but uh a cool little game it seems like i'm learning more about it and my parting wisdom is check out that Sackboy Big Adventure on PS4. Oh, yeah. PS4, PS5. That is a very, like, the more I play that game, the more I'm like, this is exactly like that Super Mario 3D world. <laughs> it just happens to have a little big planet skin on it. Little Sackboy. And it's a very fun co op game that I do. highly recommend. Also, play Fire Emblem Engage because it's very good. Hmm. It's getting good reviews, so check it out. And on that note, we'll catch you on the next one. Goodbye. Goodbye.